Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Ajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Third down and seven with Charcot out there for Jacksonville. Minshew's taking a deep shot for Chris Conley in the end zone. Conley runs it down and he's got it for a touchdown. What a throw by Minshew. He drops it in the bucket and the Jaguars are back on top. That was a beautiful throw indeed by Gardner Minshew. It hasn't been a lot that has gone right for the young quarterback in the last month or so. But he's made some tremendous throws, like that one to Conley. I thought he had a tremendous throw to DJ Chark a couple weeks ago and even to Cole on a a broken play. Uh, Just a couple of plays that I thought he really shined, but you don't really get to talk about in losses and and some of the other plays overshadowed it. And now we learn today that he's been dealing with an injury. And the injury is significant. Mm-hmm. The injury is so significant, you wonder if he'll need any kind of procedures. You wonder if he'll be able to come back after the bye week and play. And you wonder just how much this has been impacting him. There's a lot to unpack with the Gardner Minshew news uh, that Adam Schefter first reported. And, and we can confirm uh, all that is is accurate. What we don't know is what where do they go from here because nobody's talking this week. And they don't have to. Because it's a bye week, and they don't really have to know anything until probably next Wednesday or so, what they're going to do at practice. But we get to explore all those things. And also, if they do need to go to somebody else, will it be Mike Lennon, which it likely will because he's been the backup QB dressed. Or would they experiment with Jake Luton? So many people would like to see that instead, see what you have in the sixth-round pick. But I don't think you're going to get your wish on that, uh, at least in, in the interim. Kind of a stunner today uh, with the news of Gardner Minshew, wasn't it? A big time stunner because as someone who has broken their thumb and, and broken their hand before just in one spot, um, I know how painful that is. So the fact that he's got multiple fractures in his throwing hand, mind you, um, it, it makes it hard to believe he was even able to grip a football in the first place. You know, and like I'm not sure how he dealt with the swelling and all that stuff, but like that's I mean that's listen that's a anytime you break something obviously that's a serious thing, but in your throwing hand, like I can't imagine what his hand looks like right now. Yeah, and I, he obviously didn't report this to the team until after the loss the other day. So mm-hmm. he whether it was because it was the bye week, whether it was just bothering him too much at that point, uh, I, I'm trying to get to his mentality, and and I think it's pretty simplistic. He's got a 16-game season. Yeah, you're not going to sit out. Uh, you you got to fight through stuff, and you don't want to give that job up. It's your job, and so we know how that works, and that works a lot in the NFL. Whether you got dinged up and in with a concussion, and you don't want to come off the field, and that's why they've set new protocols. Or if you have an injury and you play through it, because guys play through injuries. But when you have an injury to your throwing hand, and uh, the X-rays showed multiple fractures and a strained ligament in his right thumb multiple fractures to his right thumb, which is where you grip the football, right? I mean, that's that's a big part of it. And if you really go back to two weeks ago, see, I didn't think Minshew played that bad the other day. I know everything still looks off, but I didn't think he was, like, super inaccurate. There were a couple throws to uh, DJ Chark later in the game that were off the mark. But if really the previous week, 
against the Lions, where he was, I mean, these these are throws that, this is what's good about Minshew. This is a quality that is very good about Minshew is his accuracy in the short passing game. And he was missing guys by a foot or a yard throwing behind receivers. That was where he looked really off. Uh, according to Schefter, he first uh, started to experience the pain against Houston. Mm. Uh, so now he's played a few games with this. And uh, he just didn't tell the team, and, and the Jaguars didn't know about it. So my guess is, from a visual standpoint, it was nothing that was super alarming. You notice that he, hey, he moved his shoulder around a lot in that game the other day. Uh, but he didn't. I never saw him flexing his hand or his thumb or anything like that. So uh, how broken it is, who knows? Well, Can I he mean, play? It's pra- I mean, it's, it's fractured. Well, he, he you can have a fractures. hairline fracture. And yeah. a, you know, I mean, uh, that's what we don't yeah. know is that. I mean, can you really listen? Uh, the guy's a tough guy. Sure. I want to give him credit here. But I mean, if it's really fractured, fractured, can you really play for the last two weeks in an NFL game mm-hmm. without it being noticeable? The coaching staff knowing, trainers knowing, and you being able to deal with that. I mean, yeah. it, listen, it's one thing if you have an injury, you know this. Mm-hmm. If you got to shoot something up, you shoot something up. But somebody would know about it. Yeah. So he did something here that nobody really knew about. Was it just discomfort? And then you go in and check it out. Or, or maybe he aggravated it even more Sunday in, in yeah. on one of the throws, one of the sacks, one of the whatevers. So we just well, don't know. And we're not going to hear from Minshew until next week about it. So it's going to be very difficult. It's going to be a lot of speculation on the Minshew injury. So, yeah, I mean, listen, I'm not a doctor. Um, all I know is that if you break your thumb or you break your hand, you're going to have significant swelling. So which leads me to believe, like, listen, even... If this obviously this happened during the what game was it the Houston, Houston game? Yeah, so he's had this for a while apparently, and the fact that I mean, listen, if if he truly had like a full fracture, I think like somebody would notice it, right? Like a team doctor I think so too. would see it. Uh, and now I'm not sure if he's been getting treatment on this thing or not. Regardless of that, though, I think if it's a, like a full line, um, you know, clean fracture, that thing is going to be like a like a balloon. I mean, that's what happens when you break a bone. So it could be a good sign the fact that maybe it's a couple cracks here or there or there. But you hear the word fracture in your throwing hand, and that's never good. So, like you said, it's going to be um, it's going to be curious to see exactly how they handle the situation, what the plans are going to be going forward, and really, did he do himself a disservice by not you know bringing it to the table earlier, kind of maybe getting ahead of it a little bit, maybe sitting out maybe one, two, or three weeks, um, you know, healing it and then coming back. Um, you have to ask the question: Did he do himself a disservice now? I think that's a, a fantastic question. Let's let's start there. You brought it up. Did he? You know, did did being a tough guy is an admirable thing in the NFL. I always mm-hmm. thought that one of the the great thing, it's an important thing in the NFL too, uh, in the locker room. As you oh, know, you have to be. Listen, if, if someone's in that locker room, is 100 percent, they're not playing football. Simple yeah. as that. Uh, and I always thought this is one of the things that I really believe uh, Blake Bortles, his teammates were a fan of. Mm-hmm. They had a lot of respect for how tough he was. You know, there's a lot of deficiencies with Blake. There are a lot of things that you could. Roll your eyes at with Blake. I think there are two things that were really admirable about Blake. One was his physical toughness, the stuff he played through. And he played through a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you go back uh, a couple years ago, I think it was, it was um, 18 maybe, that he played through a bunch. Uh, I remember he had the wrist stuff that he ended up getting surgery on after the season. And he, and he had played with that most of the year. And then I think also the bullets that he takes from everybody on the outside, I think people respect that because he wasn't blaming anybody, even though he was kind of the punching bag sure. for the entire franchise and team. And I think people respect that stuff. Minshew's been very good at that. He is not blaming anybody. He's taken accountability. That's what quarterbacks do. And he's done a good job of that. Uh, I don't know. 
I don't know if there's been illustrations of how tough Minshew is, although last year he played through some things as well, and he was pretty beat up by the end of the year. Uh, and, and that was one of the reasons he worked on his body in the offseason. He said, i got to get through 16 games. Mm-hmm. I think that's also one of the reasons you saw him earlier on. He was sliding early this year when he was running around. He wasn't going to get an extra two or three yards very often. He was sli- He knew that this year was his year and stay healthy and, and don't get beat up in the course of a 16-game season, at least in the first month. You know, So I think you, I, I say that in a smart way, not a, a lack of toughness way. So it is top of mind for even the quarterbacks to be tough, play tough, play through things, play through pain, and show that I got this. I know you guys are hurting too, so am I, but who cares? Let's go play. Yeah. No, I mean, listen, you teammates rally around that. Um, a lot of guys in that locker room, not just the quarterback, not just the storied position, do that um, on a yearly basis. So, yeah, I mean, there it's like a rite of passage. When you get an injury, you got to do everything in your power to try to fight through that as much as possible. And then when it gets to the point where you can't handle it anymore, hey, you go on IR and it is what it is. But I've said before, I mean, IR is one of the worst places you could ever be, right? Like, yeah, you're collecting a paycheck, but you're essentially not even part of the team anymore. You're, you're like off doing your own thing, um, and it's not a really cool feeling. So, yeah, I mean, I think this is going to garner some respect, obviously, for Gardner Minshew. This is obviously a guy who, like you said, Brent, is is out of his addition right now, and um, he can't afford to come out, if you will. And let's be honest, regardless of what happens from this now, and they have a bye week, so we'll see, but regardless of what happens, whether he comes back right away or if he sits out, unfortunately, the way the league works is it's not an excuse. Right now, I mean, listen, I'd be the first one to say if I was a quarterback, hey, I'm having a bad year because I have a broken hand. Yeah. What more do you want from yeah. me? Like, you, can, yeah. can I get a fair shake? Unfortunately, that's not how it works in, in this business, man. This is a performance-based business, and that comes first. And unfortunately, whether you break your hand or not, man, um, you know, if you don't have the record to back it up, they're probably going to go in a different direction. Well, so I guess to answer that question, then, see, I would say – I would have if I were Gardner Minshew, I'd try to play through it too. Sure, you know I'm not giving anybody a, a crack in the window. You know I'm not giving them an opportunity. I'm not giving Mike Glennon a chance to come out there and play two games and play well. I'm not giving him a chance to go to somebody else. But in hindsight, if it really was bothering him, and we just don't know the degree of it. I mean, listen, Gardner could be struggling too. Mm-hmm. But on top of that, if you have these injuries and you're playing through them, while it's not an excuse, it's still reality and. In hindsight, you'd say, hey, man, sit out a, a game or two if, you, if you're not. There's a point in every player where you ask yourself, okay, am I hurting the team if I play and try to tough it out, mm-hmm. right? And we just don't know that threshold and where it was, and it doesn't sound like the Jaguars did either. So, uh, But that you figure they would ask, hey, are you all right? <laughs> are you feeling okay? Yeah. Like, is everything okay? Yeah. And especially, again, some of the throws he's made the last couple of weeks, it did there were some people I know now that are saying they speculated, hey, is he kind of hiding an injury a little bit? Is, sure. is there something bothering him? I never wondered that, if I'm being honest. I, I ne- that never came to mind, that he might be hiding an injury, other than the fact that he was moving his shoulder a lot. Yeah. Uh, but this isn't doesn't seem to be a shoulder injury. This mm-hmm. is more uh, with the hand and, and the thumb. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I see why he didn't, but in hindsight, it might have been better to sit a week or two, get well, even coming out of the bye, and then almost have people begging for you to come back. Well, listen, and it's like you said, hindsight is twenty twenty. Now, depending how bad this fracture is, maybe he could have sat out a couple weeks. He could have reported it right away, sat out for two or three weeks, and all of a sudden you're coming back now against a hard part of the schedule. And if you do your thing, who knows what happens, right? I mean, that's that's all in the future, and it doesn't really matter now, does it? But my point is, if I'm Gardner Minshew, I would do the exact same thing. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, um, 
you got to take care of you first. I, I understand. This is the ultimate team game, all the cliche stuff, and I get that. But at the end of the day, this is your year, man. And then this is your year to show what you can do. And if, if you can't do what you, you know, what, what was been, uh, expected of you, I guess, what you kind of built yourself up for, unfortunately, they probably go in a new direction. So I, I don't blame Minshew at all. I don't think he was selfish. I think this was a guy who obviously the game of football is super important to him, and he's trying to do everything in his power to maintain his job. Yeah, and, and listen, here's the thing. Uh, I think you're right about that. I also don't think the injury, in my opinion, takes away from some of his poor play. You know, I, I think he was struggling a little bit. I think he has been. This whole football team's been struggling a bit. Um, I don't even know if the numbers look as poor as the eye test at times of uh, what's been going on. And there's a disconnect between receivers and, and the quarterback right now. Uh, but there's no doubt you have to wonder if this factored in and if it did. I get what he was doing too. Like again, I, I don't, I don't knock him for that. Uh, I just now, in hindsight, wonder if if that really hampered him having some success because in the last couple of weeks the tide has really changed mm-hmm. against Gardner Minshew. This guy is someone that we all put our arms around. We want to see succeed. We we couldn't. We know this year's about him, but we also saw a harsh reality in the last few weeks that hey, this isn't getting it done. You know, I mean, it really doesn't look like unless there's some, you know, we asked the question after last week's game, can he still rescue this? And the answer is yes, he could with 10 games to go because we remember what happened most recently. Like if he plays unbelievable football the last six weeks of the year, we remember that more than we remember bad football the first six weeks of the year. Sure. You know, so there is still that chance. But uh, in reality, this could have hampered him a little bit. I, I don't know what this injury means. I don't I can't find out. And nobody's saying uh, that that I've talked to, if they know if there's procedure that will take place, if he'll be able to go next week. Gut feeling, seeing what we've seen, do you think coming out of the bye week, he plays against Houston on November 8th here in Jacksonville? Gut feeling. Listen, I think if he has his choice, he's going to want to play, obviously, because it's going to mean that much to him. I think now that the coaches understand what's going on and that training staff and that medical staff who I, I've worked with personally um, when I played some of those guys in there, I know how they kind of operate. I think anytime you're talking about a fracture on your throwing hand <clears throat> and you're a quarterback, um, depending how bad it is, once again, and we don't know that information. We're not privileged that information right now. I I could see him sitting out a couple of weeks. I mean, isn't it kind of hard to justify if, if you're a medical staff to say, oh, you got a broken hand, go out there and play quarterback? I don't know. That's just me, I guess. But Well, yeah, I, I, first of all, they'll have the luxury of seeing things, how bad the x-ray is. They'll have the knowledge of that. What can you do? Does it get better? Does swelling go down if there is even swelling? Uh, you know, whatever the case. I mean, I, I wonder, actually, if the ligament is a bigger deal than mm-hmm. actually the fracture because I've actually done that before. Uh, and uh, ligament in my thumb, that thing was painful, man. Mm. I mean, that, and that's more of a rest. The, well, I would assume the fracture is a rest thing as well, yeah. kind of keep it in place. But I think it goes hand in hand. Um, well, and the no pressure, play on words there yeah, intended. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> um, but I wonder, it, you don't know, right? Yeah. If the ligament has more damage than actually this hairline fracture, yeah. it, the ligament could be a bigger deal, yet the, the headline is more fracture. True. And like with, with the, the fracture, though, like you, have to, you mean usually you wear a cast, right? Like that's the whole point of it. We see it happen in football all the time. Well, you're not going to put a cast on your throwing hand. Like it just doesn't work like that because then if that affects how you grip the ball. So I'm not sure how they're going to handle this. We'll just have to kind of wait back and see um, how severe this injury is 
and the Jaguars have to assess from there and go from there. Yeah, you know, it reminds me, the first thing I thought of with, with the thumb was actually Brady in the 17 AFC Championship game. Remember mm-hmm. the week before he cut his thumb, like, really badly. And, mm-hmm. and now since then, you've seen, like, reports of, like, in, somebody had a book out, right, or something about the Brady thumb, and it was like... They were so secretive about it, which yeah. is shocking for New England. Yeah, I yeah. know, right? Yeah. Crazy. Who would have thought? But Color me shocked. In hindsight, that wasn't, like, this phony thing. I, I thought the Patriots that week, I remember reporting from Foxborough and being like... Yeah, yeah, we were right, in that whatever. press conference room. Yeah, and it was is, it was interesting. But in hindsight, looking back at like the book that was written on it and all the it, like little excerpts from it, mm-hmm. it was like legit. Like how do you, people were like, "How is he going to play?" How did he cut it? I don't remember that. I don't remember. I he believe it was on a teammate's helmet. Yeah, on a follow practice. through of a throwing okay. motion. In it was practice. in practice, right. and it was like split wide open. Okay, that that I can allow, Tom. Like I can't allow you like cutting some butter or something like it that. It wasn't that. Your hand. It no, was it avocado. If yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, that's, yeah, a, that's, that's a little, little tricky. That's, that's a little tricky then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He yeah. probably has a only hired avocado cutter for the. Oh, for sure, man. Kidding me. When you're married to you know, a Victoria's Secret fashion model, you got people that cut avocados for you. I was going to say, That's by the way, like, who in that relationship actually cuts the avocados? Nobody, man. No one's cutting avocados. <laughs> the kids. The kids, kids do it. <laughs> uh, bring, home, bring over the grandparents. Uh, but it's – so we – obviously, this is a, a day that you just don't know what he has. Like, if even if we had a doctor on, mm-hmm. right, if we had a trainer – they don't know without seeing the x-ray. Mm-hmm. They don't know how bad. Of course, he's played through it, apparently, in the last couple of weeks. So it's not like he can't play. Mm-hmm. It's a matter of can you play at a high level? Can we trust you to make these throws? Can you trust yourself to make these throws? And then the bigger question is, if he can't go, who do you go to? Well, and then that's the big question, right? Because let's be honest here. There's two scenarios. And depending on who they put in kind of shows, I think, where this team is at right now. All right, hold that thought. Let's yeah. go to break. When we come back, we'll talk about it. Yeah. Luton, Glennon, could they be in the mix? And that's a could, and it's a big uh, asterisk right now. This is a if necessary because no doubt. See, in my opinion, Gardner, this is Gardner Minshew's season. This isn't like, hey, we might. I know Doug kind of opened the door and there was a report about it a little bit last week. Not in my opinion. I mean, he would really have to be playing so bad that you just got to take him out. But I, I don't think they're there yet, and I think this is his season. That's the way they presented this, I believe, to Shad Khan, and that's what you've got to deliver. Uh, it's not to say the other guys can't get in, but if this injury hampers him to the point where he can't play against Houston, which direction do the Jaguars go? What makes the most sense at this point? Let's discuss it when we come back. 904-362-9901 if you want to jump in. Star Star 690 or on the social media channels, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. We'll be right back on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau. It's a, it's, there's three islands, and it can be very nice and lucrative, by the way. You could be a huge winner, but you could be a huge loser, too. You might not have a boat to get home. Austin Lane. Well, I like that, now. I love that analogy. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Hey, Garner, you were kind of cranking your arm, I guess, or the shoulder there later on in that game. Were you banged up a little bit um, at any point there? A little bit, but, you know, just normal stuff. That's Garner Minshew after the game Sunday against the Chargers. And uh, obviously not a lot of info there, right? Yeah. Guys don't use that. They're not going to say that. I mean, nobody says it. 
in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Nobody, they don't even, uh, the, the whole, it's the biggest cliche really in the locker room is like, nobody's 100%. Nobody's 100%, right? That's their way of saying, yeah, I hurt like a son of a gun right now, but I'm not going to tell you. Yep. No, you're absolutely right. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, that's just part of it. Gordon, um, unless you're the Titans, you have a couple weeks off, you come back with those fresh legs. <laughs> that's true. You know? That is true. Fresh legs. We saw that. Uh, who did they play last week? They lost to the Steelers. Steelers. And who do they have this week? Uh, Ravens. No, Steelers nope. have the Ravens. Steelers have the Ravens. Okay, no, I was thinking the Steelers. Steelers got two bruisers there. Yeah, two great games. Uh, Titans are playing the Bengals. Yeah, that's not really a bruiser. Nah. At Cincinnati. I mean, it can be. I mean, yeah. Cincinnati can be. We aren't quite there yet. Well, Stuart, you know, I mean, you, you want to rub that in, too? <laughs> Borrow through for 400. I don't think they're bruising anybody. Yeah, for sure. Uh, hey, just a reminder, our friends at uh, CGC Water will be at the Morocco Shrine Auditorium this weekend. Jacksonville Home Show is happening Saturday 10 to 5, Sunday 10 to 4. Go out and say hello to our friends at CGC Water. and I'll make sure you tell them that you heard them nice. on ESPN 690. Did you check out the whole coin event, the thing at the Morocco Shrine this past week? It seems like it's been going on I when did. we drive you, past. You know, I tell you, there are more things going on. There's some coin junkies out there. That's is that, is that, that was full. Yeah. Yeah, coin event. Like a coin show? Yeah, I guess so. Maybe next time they need a coin show MMA event double header there. Now we're talking. Because <laughs> you you fought there, right? I the fought there. Yeah, it's yeah. cool. It's cool. I've fought there a couple times. Cool yeah. spot. The, the wild thing about that place, which is right near our station. Yeah. And so we drive by all the time. And there are sometimes you go by on like a Saturday, Sunday, and it is like a line all the way out. And you're like, Packed what is going on here? Yeah. Like, what am I missing? Yeah, well, yeah, especially yeah. in the coming months. Well, with the lights. They have the drive through Christmas light sure. display, which, yep. by the way, they're paying $10 a, a, a car. Is it? Is that what it costs? It's something like that. Just to roll just to roll through some lights? I, I mean, don't know. I listen, don't know I'll that. decorate my house. Come on by, well, people. Well, if you want to do that, you just go to St. Augustine, right? They, they do it right now in St. Augustine. Yeah, they do Actually, the, the go Knights of Lights down there. Uh, is that Gervin? Yeah, off of Gervin, my yeah. old, the old neighborhood up there. We've uh, done that before. Blackhawk Bluff is the name of the neighborhood up there. Is the one in St. Augustine free? Yeah, I mean, it's just every everything in the city of St. Augustine gets lit up at that yeah. time of year. Okay. Now, the, you know, like the trolley tours? Sure. They'll do the things where they give you these special kind of glasses, which just make those lights pop a little more. Yeah. I like that. That or it's LCD. It's one of the two. All right, cool. We'll have to go to the both of them then, man. We'll go to the Morocco Shrine. I'll just have to tell my son to walk out and check it out. We're not paying pen. I mean, we could, but, you know, I don't. You know how I you operate. Just, just drive slowly by just on uh, St. John's Bluff. Tell him to walk. Yeah. St. John's Bluff. Stay on the main road. Just look to the right <laughs> for like 10 seconds like, there it is all right son get there out check it out go jump on stuff if you want to pick you up in an hour that's it we're, <laughs> Have good. Fun. we're good in the middle of the night yeah it's uh, good parenting yeah it'd be very good parenting yeah uh so Gardner Mitchell is a big story here today folks uh fractures multiple fractures in his thumb uh ligament damage in his thumb and quite frankly we're sitting here on a thursday afternoon in a bye week and we have no idea what it means i mean we really don't we, we don't know if he'll play next week we don't know if he'll need a procedure uh, to fix it and could miss significant time. Uh, we don't know that. And the other thing we don't know is if he can't play and he does need a procedure or if he can't play because they feel like resting him, yep. is which direction do they go yep. at QB? And listen, I actually think I do know. I, I think they're going Mike Lennon. I mm. think that's who's going to play. Mm-mm. Yeah, I think they are. I mean, I think they're going Mike Lennon. They brought him in here. There's a comfort level with him, I think, with Jay Gruden. And I think... 
the message to the team and everybody is still win games. Okay. Outside, inside that building, it's like, Hey, we got to win. We got to win. We got to win. And what do you do? You do the best thing you can to win. Uh, put yourself in the best position to win. This isn't like, Hey, let's see what we have with the young guy. No, this is like, this guy's done this before. So we have more confidence in a guy that done it before. There's no doubt Mike Lennon would play. Okay. But like you say, the confidence factor, he's six and 16 in his career. Oh, he's, he's not good. Yeah. So like, it's not good. so wouldn't you make the argument that you would actually put Luton in to see maybe he can provide that spark a la like Garner Minshew did last year? Like, don't you think that Luton gives you more of an upside of winning? Like, to me, if they go, and listen, I'm sure this is going to happen. Um, if Garner Minshew is going to be out, we're going to have Doug Marone set up there. You know what? We really feel like uh, Mike Glenn gives us the best chance to win. He's looking great uh, all season, and we're going to give him a shot here. And then in the back of my mind, and I don't do these interviews probably for good reason, in the back of my mind, I'm like, well, 6-16, six and 16, though. You know, oh, well, his arm's looking good. He's a great leader. Yeah, but 6 and 16, though. You know, like 6 and 16. So, with that being said, I would probably go with the young gun and see what you got with him. Like, you drafted him for a reason. Let's see what he's got. Yeah, and then Marone would turn to you and say, hey, uh, Austin, that's a better winning percentage than what we have now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm not. What is that percentage? I'm going to Google that real quick. It's like three for eight. So, it's like, uh, you know, something like 28% or something. Not Um, that much better, though. And with Luton, you don't know. He's the wild card. uh, The. I, listen, I, I'm with everybody here, okay? I would like to see Jake Luton, too, if that were to be the case. If, yeah. if Gard, uh, First of all, I think Gardner Minshew should play, and I think if he's healthy enough to play, he should play. I don't even think the other guy should sniff the field mm-hmm. uh, unless this just becomes so bad where it's a three-interception game and a two-interception game and a three-interception game and then bam. But I think he gives you the best chance to one-run your offense. If I was a receiver, I'd want Minshew in there. I know there's a, a little bit of disconnect right now. If I'm the offensive line, I want Minshew in there than these other guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I'm the coaching staff, I want him in there. So that's not even a question mark. This isn't like, hey, should they bench Minshew now because he hasn't played that great and he's hurt. No, this is if he can't go, then who do you go to? And I'm with everybody. I would like to see Luton as well. But – it just it's not going to happen. Like I, I would be stunned if that were to be the case. We still can maintain the question of, hey, later in the year, if you know it's over, do you play Luton a little bit and just get him some reps and see what you have and, and not not necessarily to be the future quarterback, but to be, you know, potentially some depth on the roster and get him some experience. You don't listen, that's a college kind of thing. Mm. It doesn't happen in the NFL very often. Mm-hmm. Um, but it almost feels like the Chargers did that a little bit the other day with Easton Stick. It's like they put a I don't know new package in. Yeah, you know, which... uh, that was odd. Yeah. So I, I just feel like, unfortunately, we've seen Glennon play before. We don't have high expectations for Glennon, but he's Six going 16, to be the guy. <laughs> okay, I mean, I, I can't stress that enough. Six and sixteen, he's going to be the guy. But uh, six and sixteen. But let me ask you this question though. So. Obviously, right now, if you're Doug Marone and, you know, you're the entire coaching staff and you're also Dave Caldwell, I mean, you're on thin ice. And, and that's a kind way of putting it. Yes. Simple as that. But, like, doesn't Luton give you that, I guess, example where, you know what, let's say Luton comes out and he looks legit. For whatever reason, once again, it's like another, you know, a shot in the dark. And, wow, this guy, I mean, he's, he's big bodied. He's got the frame. Uh, I think he has the arm strength. Like, let's say he's a pretty good quarterback. And let's say, like, you know what, he's not going to be the leader for the next years to come. But, like... He's good for a sixth-round guy. 
doesn't that help you? And maybe you're past the point of saving, but doesn't that help you if you're Dave Caldwell, if you're Doug Marone, where you can look at, you know what, hey, we drafted this guy in the sixth round. No one was really talking about him, and now look what he's doing. Like, this was on us. I mean, you want to bring up James Robinson all the time and say he was, you know, you guys took a chance on him. In undrafted free agency, by the way, what a chance! What a what a shot in the dark what that one was! Dice. What a roll of the dice, man! I mean, gambling with it. But now you have an opportunity where I feel like if you Luton comes in and does well once again, assuming that Minshew's going to be out, well, you can point to him. You can say we drafted this guy as well. I'll give you another reason why Luton would make some sense, mm-hmm. and, but I but I almost feel like the calendar doesn't add up the right way for it. Uh, but any but it, it might. I would say put him out there if he does do well, because, listen, you have Minshew under contract, too. So it's not like next year, if you do draft a quarterback or if you go in a different direction, you still have guys that will add depth. And Mm -hmm. and Minshew could you could make the the case is one of the best backups in the league if that is the situation. Right. Mm -hmm. I've said I I still think he is a starting quarterback in the NFL. Minshew. Mm -hmm. I know he's not playing great right now, but I think he is. I, I I feel that way. I don't know how good he is, but I think he's a starting quarterback. He can be one of 32. I really yeah. believe that. Well, and let's be honest. If Blaine Gabbert can go other places and be a starting quarterback, Gardner Minshew can as well. Yeah, no doubt. I yeah. think you could add, you could put that with a lot of guys, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, But I, they'll have some depth. My point being, if Luton were to go out there and play for a month, could you trade him in the offseason to somebody and then yeah. get, get a pick out of him? Yeah. Because you really don't. How many how many quarterbacks do you need that way? You need you got Minshew. Yeah. So would you need a Luton yeah. if you're thinking of it long term? I, I so I listen. I'd be highly intrigued to see him play. I get your point because if you want to go back to last year, I would say, well, listen, they played Minshew in the preseason. They saw him play in the preseason. Well, he didn't really play well in the preseason, mm-hmm. and then he came in because he had to. Like some people wondered if they should go get a veteran quarterback, and we never would have seen Minshew. Remember, I think after that Ravens game, we're both kind of discussing that a little yeah, bit. Not yeah, not only after that game because was he it the, the Dolphins game too. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think so. He, yeah, I can't remember who it was. Whatever. And the whole thing of it, everybody yeah. wondered. It was like, okay, around you know cut time, do you go get a veteran quarterback? Mm-hmm. They said, no, nah, we 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 like what we have here. We'll we'll continue to work with what we have here. And you got a fifty million dollar quarterback in, in Foles at mm-hmm. the time. Well, then obviously Minshew gets plugged in. So I guess Luton. Didn't have a preseason, so we have no idea. Mm-hmm. Looked okay in practices. Yes, he did. He, he, he could throw the football. We saw him inside the scrimmage. He didn't really look that good that day. Yeah. But that's it. I mean, it's one day. That's all we got. We, we didn't have these preseason games. Point being, to back up what you said, it could very much be like Minshew, where once he gets out there and starts slinging it around in game action, he could be pretty good. Okay. Even though he wasn't unbelievable, like, oh, my gosh, I can't wait to get this guy on the field. So you know how I operate, Brent? I deal in... Facts and I deal in black and white when it comes to football. So I'm going to give you these names and I want you to tell me if this guy does indeed start what the goal of the Jacksonville Jaguars is right now because I want to establish this in case it happens. I want to know, okay, this is where the team's at right now. If they start Mike Glennon, what is the the overall objective, the primary objective of the Jacksonville Jaguars if they start Mike Glennon? I believe if they started Mike Glennon, that would be a sign of we're trying to win games. I I think for Doug Marone, it would be like, listen, this guy's played in the league before. Mm -hmm. We know what he is. Yes, he's got deficiencies. He's 6-16. and But he gives us the best chance to win. He's seen defenses. He's seen different things. And so there would be more confidence in that from a coaching staff perspective. 
then and maybe even a player perspective than there would be to throw in Luton out there. So I think actually you're not throwing the towel into the season by playing Glennon, even though I'd probably rather see Luton. Yeah. Well, then there's the question. If they bring in Luton, what are they telling everybody? They they're fine with the the tank. You know, the, I mean, again, we're calling it the tank. I don't yeah. think they would use those words. But, sure. hey, this is great. This is fine. This is extended preseason now. Mm-hmm. We're not very good to begin with. Uh, we got a guy that's probably going to take some lumps, make some mistakes, but let him learn on the fly a little bit. Yeah. Can you and, imagine a 16-game preseason? <laughs> well, <laughs> right now we're at six games of it. Uh, not seven. We got one yeah. under the belt, but yeah. it feels starting to feel like we're six games in the preseason sure, sure. Uh, at times. But so... Does that make sense? Like, I actually, yeah, like, but, do you feel differently? Do you feel see, like they're, they're actually saying, hey, let's worry about this draft pick more than let's worry about the season if they play Glennon? See, I guess this is where we disagree because I see Luton as the boomer bus guy. Either yeah. he's going to come out there and it's going to be a dumpster fire, in which case, okay, then you go to Glenn. Like, hey, we just want to see what the kid had. Uh, he didn't have a preseason. Like, we need, he needs more time. So be it. I mean, that can very well happen. Six-round pick usually. That's probably what does happen that's right, as usually, a rookie with right. no preseason reps uh, to go off of. So to me, that's like the ultimate boomer bust play where it's like if we're trying to win games, let's just see what this kid's got because nobody knows right now. Like, we kind of know what Mike Glennon can do, Okay. Six and sixteen. Okay. Now keep in mind, I get it. He's seen defenses before, and he has the experience. He's been in a lot of offenses, a lot of locker rooms, and that definitely counts for something against a guy who's never been in an NFL locker room until this year. So I get that point. But I just think that you play it safe, and you play for mediocrity if you have Glennon in. I think that you play for that boomer bust guy, and it's like you know what? Let's do everything in our power, maybe to try to secure a couple victories. You put Luton in. Just my thinking. And then obviously, like I said, if Luton goes out there and he's not the guy, then you have no problem putting Glennon in. Yeah, and I think you could do it the other way, too. I mean, Glennon's probably not going to win many games, and then you could play Luton, too. And it depends how long Minshew would be out. But listen, you've played the game, man. That's why I like having you on the show. I mean, it's really the only reason. Uh, But, (laughs) I mean, so now you sit on this. my golf takes. Now you sit on this side of the fence, and you're like, well, hey, does it make sense in terms of 1-15 and or where they might draft? But you in that locker room now, you're a player in that locker room. What are you trying to do? What do you only care about? Winning. You care about winning on Sunday. Putting out good film. And so you, if you're in that locker room, if you're Josh Allen in that locker room, yeah. and they say, hey, we're rolling with Jake Luton, yeah. and, and Josh Allen comes on the show Tuesday and says, who the hell is Jake Luton? I, and that could very well be the possibility, right? But we haven't seen Jake Luton at practice. They have a better idea. Look, listen, they're not going to make the wrong decision, I feel like. Right, like they have a gauge of what the locker room wants. They have a gauge where everybody's at. I mean, all we can do is speak from speculation outside that bubble. But if they start Luton, it's because well, he indeed is the guy in at least in practice. And I think if they do start Luton, those guys in the locker room understand that because they've gone against him. Yeah. They understand it. They get it. Right, and they already know who Glennon is. Um, if they start Glennon, then it's just a sign that Luton's not ready. So to, to, I guess to kind of get around your point a little bit. I think whoever goes in is going to have the support of the locker room because they've seen these quarterbacks firsthand. I, I don't see Doug Marone throwing a change and be like, hey, let's go and put the worst quarterback out there and let's see how the locker room reacts to that. Like, that's not going to happen. Yeah, it's interesting. And, you know, they do have the – they get to see these guys in practice. So is there a little more trust in any of them yeah. than we might have, but we haven't seen? It just know? drives me crazy because, like I said, I, I deal in certainties. And right now we disagree in terms of if Luton goes in, I think yeah. they're, they're trying to win right now. You think they're trying to tank. And if Glennon goes in, I think they're tanking. You think they're trying to win. 
That, that's not good. That's not good chemistry right now, Brent. I don't like it, man. Yeah, that's but it is right. good sports radio. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. I think that's why they brought those guys in, by the way, too, because yeah. they wanted Minshew to be the guy with nobody to challenge him. Yeah. And right, you want Minshew in there. You give it three well, three guys. You want Minshew in there. I just hope Minshew is healthy and goes back in. Because the last thing I want to do is have a civil war with you about Mike Glennon and Jake Luton. Because I, I can see it going there. We I can see me rooting against Mike Glennon for no reason now. I can see that happening. Let's change topics. Uh, can you be 76 years old and be a head coach in, <laughs> in professional sports? My goodness. We'll have more on Minshew later on. But that's next on ESPN 690. It's not your age that dictates whether you should manage. We had a very proactive coaching staff, great coaches that really embraced information. We believe in its place. And what's happened is the game is being overwhelmed by percentages and numbers. Percentages don't take into account the head, the heart, and the guts of a player that day. So there are times you say, man, I'd like to get back and help correct the balance. He sounds like Thanos. Is that Larissa? Yeah. He sounds like Thanos when he gets the all five stones. I don't know if he has enough rings for the for the gauntlet. <laughs> I don't think so. Not uh, yet. He's got some rings though. He's got some rings. I just jumped in late on it. Was he basically talking analytics versus well, yeah, he's, he's hey, he wasn't that, talking about analytics. Yeah, he's he saying that me. analytics don't work. They don't measure the heart and the soul of a I player. Mean, can we just appreciate that baseball has officially come full circle? Like, remember what was that movie with Brad Pitt, where it's all about analytics? Uh, money, 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 money ball. Yeah, money ball. Right? Like that was the yes, whole sir, but thing. Next to Brent, just got a movie right. There we go, Brent. <laughs> I see you, man. Like that was like the whole thing. It was analytics and how it's taking over baseball. And now we have Tony Larusa coming in and saying, "You're fired." Hey, hey, you with the laptop. You're fired. We'll see. You later bring in a bunch of old guys let's bring us back the guy doesn't have a facebook page probably he's not gonna use analytics no of course he doesn't have a facebook yeah page. so he can use analytics either well, if, he, if he does have one social media it is a facebook page i, I think he's too old Stuart. even that i think it's not like my grandparents what are you have, watching right now but there's no way i'm not worried about it tony call uh, in if you're watching if you are you can and i i respect the heck out of tony Larusa, the hall of famer but this makes no sense. This is asinine that Tony Larusa is the manager of the Chicago White Sox, a White Sox team that's kind of built up with young talent, and he's 76 years old. And listen, I, I, I'm not trying. To, I, I know I sound it. I, I'm. I love you, older folks. I mean, yeah. I love playing golf with you. Yeah. Uh, that, I, I love my parents, my grandparents, Steph's parents, every parents. I love my grandparents, man. Come on, man. But, yeah, nothing but I love. Mean, I, there's two things. There's I said this. I said this recently about the election. I don't understand. Like the way we go in our world now, everything gets younger and younger. Yeah. Yet we've got almost 80 year old presidents. Yeah. Right. That yeah. to pick from 75 yeah. to 80. Like I don't like I understand wisdom and all that stuff. But sure. I mean that's about as old in a, in a new era in a new modern way. That's like old school. Like yeah. so old school. Like I don't understand it. We just watched it in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. And and listen, I respect the heck out of Tom Coughlin what he's done. I respect the heck. Out, in fact, I love you, Tom Coughlin, for bringing us 2017 because outside of 17, we'd have nothing around here. <laughs> yeah. But he also helped kind of tear it all down in essence, yep. in, in some way, shape, or form. Because he couldn't relate. So, I mean, we just saw that here. Like, how much of it was his fault? We can all debate and all that. But it was part of it, okay? We yeah. know that. And so how you now are going to manage with this new wave of analytics or mix of analytics in old school baseball and this young talent and bat flipping and all this stuff, 
I don't get it. I, I It does not add up to me at all for Tony La Russa, and he hasn't even been around, well, I should say he hasn't been around the game, but he hasn't been a, a manager in like nine years. Yeah. I don't I mean, get it. I, I want to know like how these meetings. It's uh, Jerry Reinsdorf, right? It's the the yes. owner. Yeah. I want to know how these meetings went with Jerry Reinsdorf, where they're all sitting, you know, at a table, and they're like, "Hey, you know, we have a really young team, a lot of exciting players. Expectations are high right now. We need to go after a guy who can manage this ball club. You know, maybe use some analytics. You see what the the Rays just did. We can do that too. Like, let's get somebody on board. And Reinsdorf just sits back. He's like, "Guys, guys, I got this." <laughs> Hey, 76-year-old Tony LaRussa, let's go. I mean, how how does that happen? Like, who? I don't know. I get it, man. You're the owner. You make the you have the money. When you have the money, you have the power. That's what Tony Montana used to say, right? So I get it. But man, like, but, but you know what? Listen, the White Sox had a great run that one year, right? They won the World Series, or did they go to the World Series. They won the World Series, did they? Or did they just go to the World Series? <sighs> I get confused with the Tigers all the time. I think they. Well, let me check it out. I don't, I don't want to speak here. I feel like here. they won the World Series. I don't want to. And they've actually rebuilt their team very nicely. They've got some arms. They've got some young talent. I mean, pretty good. And I don't get going back to the well. Like this doesn't make sense. So the, the White Sox won it back in two thousand and five. Yeah, I thought so. Okay, yeah. good call. So, but overall, they haven't been good mm-hmm. in my lifetime. The White Sox haven't been good mm-hmm. other than that year. They yeah. really haven't. And so. I, this just doesn't make any sense to me. And again, I, I'm sorry for the older folks listening. Or you know, it's not a. I, I, <laughs> That's all that listens to us, by the way. Yeah, I know. Uh, but that, that is our audience. I, I just don't get this. It makes no sense to me. You're going to have this clash of style, this clash of young versus older. You're going to have this clash of of analytics versus old school baseball. It 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 makes. This is Jerry Reinsdorf just saying, hey, yeah, I remember Tony Luce is like one of the greatest ever. He's a Hall of Famer. Let's go hire him. Let's go sell I mean, some tickets. Like, I don't, uh, what are we doing? And by the way, like, it's Tony LaRusso is not even the guy that's like old but doesn't look it. Yeah. No, he looks it. No, for sure. <laughs> like, he yeah. like looks old. Yeah. Like, he's kind of like, it, it's, I'll tell you the one place it's worked a little bit. Okay. One place it's worked in my In, in baseball or no, professional sports, sports in general? I, I'm drawing a blank, man. It's not a head coach, though. You talking about Wade Phillips? Nope. I, I got nothing, man. Pat Riley. Ah. Pat Riley in Miami. Yeah. The older guy yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's yeah, still yeah. doing it. And what they've built with Spolster and the culture they've built and all that has helped yeah. them get there. But, but you've seen Pat Riley's haircut, dude. That, that, that dude's so young at heart, That's man. He's got some swag now. More of that when we come back on ESPN. More 69. swag.